welcome to another episode of Cool Story Hun with Barry and Lizzie. Hello, how's it going? And we just want to thank everyone for their incredible support for our first episode. It was really nice for everyone to... To, to, to listen, listen in, yeah. yeah. We listen. had quite a few friends reaching out, telling us they were proud of us. Weirdly, <laughs> we didn't tell anybody we were doing this, so it was very nice to have yeah, weird sure. immediate support from folk. And if you're new to our little show, uh, we'll just sort of quickly explain the premise to you. <laughs> um, basic idea is that me and Barry are incredibly different people. I'm Lizzie. This, this is bad. <laughs> we are very, very different people. We're not 100% sure why we've ended up friends for the last four years, but we have, uh, and it's still sticking out. Um, we decided to sort of do this podcast as a way to, to like talk about our differences, and I'll educate you on some things that you don't know about, and Lizzie will tell me stories and things that I don't know about. So it's a lesson for all of us, basically. Yeah. Uh, last week, we uh, lo- the lovely Barry covered the topic of Ayurveda. Did I say that right? Yeah. Ayurveda? <laughs> yeah. Which was um, interesting for me, because no- I think that's a good like area that I'm not interested yeah, in. That's like, a good I'm, summation of the I things like, I'm not interested in. I was something that's so opposite from Lizzie, so... It was a good start. It was a good start. Um, so that means that this week uh, it's a my go to tell Barry something uh, that she doesn't know about or wouldn't care about or so, uh, the like. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, so I'm excited. It's just excited to see. I'm um, a bit. Well, Barry was very nervous last yeah, week. I'm nervous this week. It's like, a good why treat. Are you so nervous? Wow, <laughs> I understand now. It's kind of terrifying. So uh, yeah, I went to a wee coffee shop here in Dundee the other day, and I sat down and I wrote the whole thing to get it because I was like, getting the right brain, getting the right mindset. <laughs> we also have some exciting news about our fridge, but uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so our fridge has been like a wall of ice and spinach for a long time. <laughs> a wall of ice and spinach. Is um, I'm, the spinach is my fault because every time I go to a supermarket, I buy like another bag of spinach, forgetting about the other ten in the freezer. Well, there was about 10. When there we was about in. 10. And the amazing thing is that Barry's like, oh, but you know, I buy the new spinach and then I, I, I just, I don't look in the freezer to see the old spinach, so I don't know it's there. And I'm like, how about every other time you open the freezer door and see a layer of green underneath everyone else's stuff? Like, it's not grass. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there was a lot of uh, chives and rosemary and other herbs as well. <laughs> yes, there was. So there was nice open bags of uh, oh, frozen... God. A bag grasses. of molded lemons. Oh, and a bag of molded lemons. It was delicious! Anyway, that's our exciting news for yeah, our evening. exciting uh, Thursday night. It's put, it's put in a good news, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Okay, so, do you want to go Yeah, ahead? so I'm just going to dive right into it. So, basically what I wanted to discuss with you is sort of the epidemic, I'm going to call it an epidemic, we'll call it that, of people robbing statues for good luck. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so I thought we'd just start with the basic definition of what luck is, since this is the normal the connotation with people rubbing statues. Okay. Um, so I know it's everyone knows what the word luck means. It's not like it's a, <laughs> and, oh, a really deep word. But like literally, it's the force that seems to operate for good or ill in a person's life, as in shaking circumstances, events, or opportunities. But sort of really what I've worked out is there doesn't seem to be any ancient reason for this happening it seems to be a very 20th century phenomena really it's really new which i find strange and um i thought it was like buddhism things that would be really old like i it, in in europe anyway oh, in europe. it seems to be very a very modern tradition so i looked at examples mm-hmm. of statues that i knew about trying to trace back 
when they started to yeah. be rubbed. And a lot of them were in the 80s, and you can find pictures really? of them completely black and untouched, and they're still the original bronze. And then you look at more modern photos, or you go see them in person, and they're completely rubbed away, which I found very strange. It seems to be it's li- very literal in the sense people want to rub to rub off the luck. So they're trying to get whatever the statue is depicting, they want some of the influence from the story it's trying yeah. to tell, if that makes any sense. I think- it's always amazed me that it actually, just like, people rubbing it over time would change colour. Yeah. And, like, how many people would that have to be to... To change, change that pattern? Yeah. yeah. So, um, one of the best examples of this is a statue that's quite well known to me and Barry. Are you going to say Desperate Dance? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think Desperate Dance are up to all. I don't know. I, I'm not, I just was like, what, what statue are you talking about? No. So, a very famous Scottish statue... In Edinburgh. Where in Edinburgh? Oh my god. I'm talking about Greyfriars Bobby. <laughs> There's a lot of statues in Edinburgh. There are a lot of statues in Edinburgh. Um, I should have thought more tourism. There we go. There's, there's Bobby. I've got a wee I picture up for, Bar- for Barry. I didn't even know that he people rubbed him. Yeah. So that, this is an interesting one. So I'm going to start with... I've got, got a nice wee list here. We'll see if we get through them all. We'll see if we care enough to do so. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with um, the city of Edinburgh, which is not far from where I grew up and so was my go-to hangout spot on the weekends, like a real cool kid. Um, <laughs> nice connection to Edinburgh. Um, so I'm going to start with Greyfriars Bobby. Um, I think the story is really well known. I don't want to delve into why the statue is there. You can Google it. It's it's yeah, it's a really sure. basic. There's a lot of different versions about it all over the world. It's basically a, a statue representing a really loyal animal. There's a lot of those in Japan. They have a lot of these kind of statues. There's one in uh, uh, people in Japan put one in Belgium because it was an anime. Oh, cool! <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's. I know there's one in a train station. I think in Japan, like they named a train station oh, after really? the dog. I think it's in Tokyo. Really nice. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff like that all over the world. Edinburgh's version is Greyfriars Bobby. It's literally, uh, the dog's called Bobby, it's outside Greyfriars, which is a kirkyard, a graveyard. Uh, it was unveiled in 1873, it was originally sculpted by William Brodie, who uh, turns out he worked on the Scott Monument at the same time, really? which is really interesting, and it was commissioned by the RSPCA. <laughs> I didn't know it was that old either. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I knew it was the 1800s, but... but I, I thought the statue wasn't that old. Yeah, well, it seems to be, so the statue was actually unveiled the year Bobby died. Oh, wow. So it was in commission when the dog was still alive, which oh. is amazing. Um, so originally, I also didn't realise this, uh, the, fa- the the dog itself sits on top of this weird um, curved base uh-huh. uh, in stone. I never really got what that was for. It turns out it was a fountain. And so the idea was there was a fountain at the bottom for dogs and a fountain at the top for their owners. So the idea was that you would do your dog walk, you'd stop at Greyfriars, you'd see Bobby, you'd be like, hello there, we dog could have a drink, you could have a drink, carry on with your day. It was discontinued in 1957 because the city was having health scares with their public water system, so they turned the whole thing off. It's never been on again, but the fountain still stays as sort of a marker of what its original purpose was, which is nice. The the issue is that um, these statues have to be restored. Yeah. Because this this rubbing deteriorates the patination, as we've already said, but it also slowly breaks down the metal. And so the, changes the it changes the shape, shape of... So Bobby is rubbed on his nose, for good luck. Again, there doesn't really seem to be a start date for this. This started as a big thing in the 
early 80s, late 70s, it started to become like a, it uh, seems to have started happening in a lot of different cities. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if it was generally then, but it, it wasn't started by locals, it was started by tourists. Okay. So, so do you know where it originates from then? No. So I'm wondering if, like, there, like, this is the thing, there's literally no, nobody seems to have worked out a link between all this. Yeah. They've just, it's just become tradition in a lot of places and then it just Because the photo Lizzie showed me, it's like, you can actually see his, like, the, his nose is like worn away like not just the color like it's actually just smooth yeah it's like starting to get flatter so a bit basically the most recent restoration that's happened on graveyards bobby uh, happened in 2013 400 pounds was spent to restore the entire nose it lasted two days (laughs) which i think is mental um, as a great quote from a city councillor in Edinburgh is, is that if people do feel obliged to rub Bobby's nose, could we encourage them to do it so gently? <laughs> gently rub his nose, not with aggressiveness, I guess. Yeah, that's a so that's that's Greyfriars Bobby. That's kind of like a good standard Edinburgh yeah. one that a lot of people know. Do you think some people like do it just? For a thing to do rather than to do it for luck. Or do you think it's always for luck? I think the thing is, once it's a different colour, even if you don't know the story connected to it, you to you're going to do it. Yeah. Because you're going to go, oh, there must be a reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no reason. So yeah. I think the idea, the, the, the sort of definition people kept writing was like, it's for luck for Bobby. It's for luck. It's for luck. But the thing is, it seems to be, as I was saying, people will rub off because they want some sort of the thing that the statue yeah. represents. So I'm wondering if really what you're getting from Bobby is loyalty i guess because that's that's what the story of the statue is for but like that's i know it's so cheesy i'm rubbing him for loyal to get to be a more loyal part i don't know it's really strange but that's great for us bobby um there's two more in edinburgh that i think are really good examples both of them a lot more modern statues that i didn't realize one uh, i think is sort of the only example i could find with a genuine definition as to why it's done there's a great statue on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh of David Hume, who was a philosopher um, and a major sceptic, and that's what he was known for. Oh. That statue was only installed in 1997. Oh, really? So it's a really new statue, but it's, it's cast to look ancient and to match the Mile's aesthetic. Okay. So it looks a lot older. It's outside the Crown Court on the Royal Mile. Um, I'm trying to like, picture it. Let's give you a wee picture. Oh, you do? Oh, you're very prepared. Very prepared. So this is the statue of David Hume on the mile. Oh, okay. Don't recognise it. See, really, really unrecognisable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so during the fringe, people will pour him in front of it because it's a bit of like an open space. Yeah, okay. Um, it's opposite... Yeah, I know where that, I know where that is. I yeah. just don't recognise Recognise the statue. Yeah. Um, so David Hume, as philosophers have said, um, he has his toe rubbed simply because it's the bit that overhangs the statue and it's the bit you can reach. <laughs> okay so when you put your hand if you're like if you're smaller if you're a child for example that you could put your arm up and almost touch the toe okay I and see. so that's kind of the, the height it's at the idea i think is lovely because it was a philosopher it was philosophy students who started it Aww. and they would rub hume's toes uh, before their final exams okay I, quite, I really like that that's nice to gain supposedly to gain his knowledge yeah. before their exams that makes sense that's lovely Again, it's in a very busy part of Edinburgh, full of tourists, and so it's the thing that everyone does. Again, I think because obviously you can see the colour discoloration and you think mm-hmm. that's for everyone. But I like the fact that that's a more, like, obvious reason. Yeah, for sure. Is this not a, thing in, a big thing in China? Do you think it's all... Do you think... No. Maybe? maybe? Yeah? I no? Know, I just know they're, like, really into, like, 
hi, I'm going to come across as so like naive and bad, but like I, um, I thought they were really into luck and things being lucky and lucky number eight and red being lucky and things I'm like wondering, that. yeah, because then, it's quite a new obsession, is it? Is it maybe is associated it, with that, it, that rise in tourism? Yeah. I is wonder. It, um, so that's David Hume, like nice statue, as I say, from the 90s. So that seems to have been rubbed ever since it was installed. Okay. Um, and then a very recent statue is actually possibly a future episode of mine because I'm so fascinated by this thing. Um, <laughs> is um, of Wojciech, the Polish bear, which is also in Edinburgh. Because <laughs> of course it is. So I'll give you a wee brief synopsis of Wojciech. When is that? This is in Princess Street Gardens in Edinburgh. Why have I never seen that? It was approved in 2013 and unveiled in January 2017. It's only been there for two, oh, a year, a year oh, and a half now. Because um, I'm there in Edinburgh all the time. Yeah, it's not when you notice. I noticed it, I think, soon after it was installed and was like, why is there a bear? <laughs> didn't didn't look into it, didn't read it, didn't understand. That's so unlike you. When I you know. Normally, I wonder why I wonder why windows are that, like, that colour. <laughs> and then I'll just Google it and then we'll do a big research report on it. I'll like, really get into it. Oh... <laughs> uh, Vocek was commissioned by the Vocek Memorial Trust, and I will yeah I will tell you who Vocek <laughs> was. So Vocek was known as the Soldier Bear. He okay. was found by um, Polish soldiers during World War Two. He was very scrawny and small, and he was being kept by a young child. Um, wow. The soldiers bought the bear from the boy with in exchange for the little food that they had. The boy was very reluctant. Eventually, gave up this bear. And uh, he became a member of the Polish, the Polish military. Um, wow. Basically, there's an amazing... I mean, not to plug someone else, but there's an amazing video by BuzzFeed, of all people, that goes into Bojack. And it's literally... He's the most adorable, wonderful thing. And he's a great example of, of animals serving in World War II. He, he like, helped them win a major battle. Like... He was mm-hmm. a great. I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> but like it's. Um, I was like, I was. Like, I said helped, didn't like I know, make but them I was, win. I was like heartwarmed until you were like, and then they went into battle with the bear. With the bear, like, not like not like a bear like killing people. No, the bear carried stuff. I know. I don't, the bear I don't wasn't ki- the bear didn't kill anybody. I'd like to say that. <laughs> That's what I imagine like you're the like bear, running into the battle. bear was not. So basically, this is a memorial for Wojciech and for Polish uh, war veterans, because um, during at the end of the war. Um, Wojciech ended up living on a Scottish farm of all places um, he had a lovely life there, he used to be brought out for parties and things, obviously uh, not a great heir to it, but um, he was very, what's the word when you're like an animal and you like know humans really well like you're not domesticated, yeah, very dom- very much domesticated um, and then after the, the farm Wojciech lived the rest of his life at Edinburgh Zoo <laughs> see, no, I see that I don't like this story, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, that, well, well, he was out in the wild Having a good time, he lived on a farm, and then he was in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's me just that's me explaining to you he why he was really domesticated, and then he ended up in a cage in a zoo. zoo. I know, but it's like it's a great story. But it's a li- no, I would recommend looking into Vojak. He's very interesting. No, it's just quite sad. But that's the reason it's in Edinburgh. The statue okay. is because he lived out the rest of his life in in, in Edinburgh Zoo. What part of that is rubbed? Oh, so. Back to the main point. <laughs> we got a side. We went on a side section there. So, 
Can you guess what part of Ojek is robbed with the spear? I've got a lovely picture up, by the way, of a Polish war veteran cuddling Wojciech on Remembrance <laughs> Sunday. It's great. <laughs> his nose or his tail? His nose! Congratulations! It's, like, so worn away already. That's been there a year and a half. <laughs> Are all these statues made of the same material? I, that's a good question. I, you know, I think they, they're all bronze and then patinated, as far as I can tell. This, the discoloration seems all very much the same. So, I mean, I'm wondering if there's... But would they, would they have a material that wouldn't discolor? There must be a metal that No, because it's your natural oils in your hands. You have natural oils all over your body, oh, and of course that breaks there, everything down. No, there must be... A, not everything. <laughs> there must be a metal that doesn't break down. It's probably more expensive. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why it's not used. You know, actually, 100% there is, right? When I was... Sorry with the metal facts, all right. <laughs> no, sorry, because when I lived in Germany, uh-huh. the area that I lived in was by the Volkswagen factory and loads of other factories nearby, and they got really bad acid rain. And so they had all these really oh. old statues that they had to bring inside, and then they put new ones out. So I'm pretty sure if it can survive acid rain, it can survive... And I imagine this. it's not cheap, but... Yeah, that would. Yeah. I imagine that the thinking there is like oh, we don't have an environmental factor here that, and also when they're... I know, I know, but I'm just like there must be a material that yeah. is thingy to can withstand if it can survive like acid. Oh, this is another great quote from another Edinburgh councillor, um, who says it may seem harmless, but by rubbing his nose, people are actually vandalizing the statue and causing expensive damage. It's term vandalizing. Is it vandalizing? I don't. Oh, I think like, there's a line there. statues out of better materials. <laughs> it's your fault, not the public. Yeah. Aileen Orr, who wrote a book about Wojciech, um, mentioned in the book that he liked having his nose rubbed. And so, and that apparently he loved the human touch and would, he would nuzzle into your hand when you did so. Why was he in a zoo? <laughs> I know. Well, where else is he going to go? On the farm. Just chilling on the farm? He should have lived the rest of his life on that farm. Uh-huh. He should have. Maybe the farmer died. Maybe the farmer died. Or well, it got quite sad. <laughs> if he was domesticated and he wasn't vicious, Mm-mm. he could be in uh, someone else's farm. He also, great, this is just a great fact about Bojack, he would eat lit cigarettes. This is just like getting into like Russian like slave beers. He was Polish! <laughs> well, like, this is like the area like, Okay, <laughs> we're gonna move on from Wojciech. He was lovely. Please, everyone, look up Wojciech the bear. Wojciech <laughs> the Polish war bear. Okay, we're gonna move away from Edinburgh now. Okay. It's a good example. There's many a statue like that in Edinburgh. There's there's probably loads more that I haven't discussed from Edinburgh. Um, but we're gonna move on to uh, another statue I've seen in the world, which is uh, the statue of Juliet Capulet. Which is very interesting. Well, I think we've seen different ones because there's two in the world. I think you. Where have you seen it? Verona. I have seen it in Munich. Oh no! (laughs) There are two. (laughs) The one in Verona, though. The The one in the balcony. At the fake balcony. (laughs) It's all fake. This is another area I'm very interested in because it's not fake. It's all fake. It was installed in the thirties. What I was very upset about was. Uh, do you know, have you seen the film Letters to Juliet? Yeah. It's not a thing. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not. <laughs> oh, my research tells me otherwise. I went there and there was none. The, no, it's not. Oh, like, you mean the letter thing itself? Yes. No, it's the written wall. You know, the wall that people can write on. Uh-huh. It's that. People are just like, love you. <laughs> it's like, not like, it's not like. It's not like a letter in a wall not thing. Like also, I love in that movie, it's so quiet. <laughs> like, there's literally Amanda Seyfried and one other person, like, cutting about. Oh, yeah. For it's sure. so busy. Um, 
So, yeah, we're gonna first discuss Julia Capulet in Verona. Uh, Did she not have her shot? Yeah! Got a great picture of Hayden yeah. Panettiere rubbing, <laughs> rubbing Julia. So, um, this, this again has a more obvious, not obvious, but yeah, I guess a more obvious reason. Uh, so people rub Juliet's right breast, very specifically, to receive good fortune and luck in their love life. <laughs> I wrote, this is great since Juliet was not a real person. <laughs> and the whole attraction is fake. <laughs> They have Romeo's house as well. Did you know that? I didn't know that. In Verona. Do they have another statue of Romeo? Um, no. They're no. just like, this is Romeo's house. This is this is his house. Yeah, I don't know why I was like, but it's real when they weren't real people. Um, <laughs> I got someone yeah. out there and you were like, but it wasn't real. And I was like, but it's a story. It's a story. It's a, it's all a story. Um, It was all installed in the 1930s by the Verona's tourist industry. It's a, it's a good, good Very idea. good shout, yeah. Verona's so nice. It's so pretty. Yeah. So people queue up to rub Juliet's right breast in Verona. It's very popular. So much so that in 2014, the whole statue was replaced for 20,000 euros. Oh my god. <laughs> um, the original was cast in 1969. It's been there since the early 70s, so it was a later addition to the whole tourist thing. Again, that's being installed sort of 10 years before this fad really seems to kick up. and it, So it seems to be that since its installation, it's been rubbed. There doesn't seem to be any specific reason that it's a right breast, other than the fact, if you look at pictures of the statue, you can see one arm is lower, and so it's easy to grab up, and then that's the first thing you hit when you're like standing yeah. next to her. The problem specifically with the statue is you can see that a lot of her is discoloured, simply because it's a photo op, and so you'll, you'll, you'll hold her in many different yeah. places. Yeah. Um, you know, thousands of people will see her every single day, and will rub mm. her every single day. To the extent that when the whole statue was replaced, she had a hole in her boob. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and people had been rubbing for, what, 40 years? And so a hole had a very nice leap here. What I think is great is instead of just chucking her out, um, they put her inside and then replaced her. So there's a new Juliet Capula in Verona that stands outside in the courtyard where people queue up. And inside the actual house, before you, you know, because you can go inside and get up onto the balcony. Yeah. She's inside now. And so she's... You have to pay to get them. Oh, family. So she's technically in the Juliet Capulet Museum. Okay. <laughs> and she's in a big box, so you can't touch her. But it's a great marker. They they say it's sort of a great marker of the her, her years of service. Yeah. Which is nice. It's such a weird thing, this whole thing. Such a weird... Weird fad, right? Weird kind of human thing. So that's Juliet Capulet in Verona. There's also Juliet Capulet in Munich. <laughs> I never saw I've been to Munich too and I never saw her. She was only um she was a gift from the city of Verona um to Munich in 1974, so just 3 years after the installation of their own. Mm-hmm. Um is it the same? Yeah, it's exactly the same situation, but you will notice that it's very specifically the right breast that is rubbed. I think I, I've seen that one too. There you go. Did you ever realize it was <laughs> yeah, the same thing? <laughs> I think I was on a tour or something, and someone was like, "Ask Julia." I, I just didn't, yeah, I just didn't piece it together. Yeah, hers isn't as discolored as the other one. No, I think the thing is that because Juliet in Verona is on a plinth, you pull yourself up to get yeah. up to her, and that's why her arm is discolored as well. Whereas in Munich, she's at street level. 
Probably more people than Rona. Like, oh, thinking. yeah, for a thousand yeah. percent. Because she's in the location that you yeah, would yeah, yeah, yeah. expect to see her. Phoenix one seems very random. It was just a friendly gesture from the city of Verona. I don't know if there's a direct link between Verona and Munich or what that's about. But it's also commonplace for you to pop some flowers in her bent arm, which I think is really nice. Yeah, mine does nice. So you, go, you can see her every single day and there'll probably be a new bunch of flowers every day because people go and they, and they give Juliet some flowers. Which is really cute. The Munich one hasn't had nearly as much damage to it. It's not been replaced or maintained yeah. in any manner. And it seems to be hanging in there just fine. <laughs> Don't think of even, like, statues are weird. Like, why we have stuff. Yeah. Like, street, street statues. Yeah, it's just like... I guess it's a really old European tradition, right? Yeah, I guess it's like art, but... Would you like to know one more city? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to Prague. This is one I've actually not seen in person. I've never been to Prague. Me neither. But let's go to Prague. Well, Road I trip. The thing. I wanted to go to Prague, and then people said it's like really, uh, stag doy. I think it is. And I was like, no, but it's so pretty. So this is Saint John of Nepomuk. Please shout at me if I'm saying that wrong. Which was originally installed in 1683. Wow, okay. <laughs> so we're getting back there. This is the oldest of the statues that I've told you about. This whole statue is to depict Saint John. Um, there's two plaques on either side on the base of the statue. So it's not the actual figure of St. John himself that's rubbed. It's the plaques beneath. So, um, if you have a wee Google of St. John in Prague, you'll see that he's on a bridge, uh, for one, uh, which was the first bridge in Prague. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> random. Um, and there's two panels that are on street level, so you can easily touch either side. One plaque shows St. John being shoved off said bridge that we're on. Huh? So the whole the whole reason the statue was there is because Saint John um, had a secret that the Queen had told him. Is this Saint John like the apostle? No, I don't know because it's Saint John of Nepomuk. Okay, I was gonna say like because Saint John didn't die that way. So I don't know. No, he didn't. I don't think he died that way either. Okay, I mean, he was okay. just a story sorry, that happened sorry. to him. I'm but um, he he had a, had a conf- the Queen had confessed something to him, and the King had demanded that he tell him the information and St. John was like, no, not doing that. That's breaking a vow, yo. And uh, he was shoved off the bridge (laughs) for for disobeying the king. So on one side, you have um, St. John being shoved off the bridge. Said if you rub that plaque, that um, you will return to Prague, which is nice. So this statue, as I say, was installed in 1683. It depicts events happening in 1383. So it's the 300th anniversary that this thing was okay. unveiled. The original statue was in sandstone. This obviously deteriorated over time. So this this is sort of, it's unknown how many versions of the statue have existed. This just happens to be the most recent one. If you look at photos of the statue though, you can see that none of the spots on it are worn at all. Like it's all completely yeah. black. Is that just because it's too high? No, so the, so the, the whole thing, if you look at old, older photos, so there's a photo from the 1890s. Um, and it, you, the whole thing is black still. Okay. So that sort of proves that after, so the time that Greyfriars is installed, this statue is still black in Central Europe. Okay. Which would sort of make you guess that Greyfriars was exactly the same. Okay. Which is a nice way to sort of work out a timeline. Um, there's also photos of this statue from the 1960s. Nowhere on it at that point. So it makes you think, okay, it's a much more recent thing. So it seems to be that specifically for this statue, it began in 1989. <laughs> this must be tourism. Yeah. So uh, so it's known as the Velvet Revolution. Not exactly sure what that is. Um, but basically, some... Yeah, what I've got here in here is young capitalists. 
some kids <laughs> trying to make some money, um, set up camp right in front of the statue and started charging tourists um, to touch the falling man, which is the little plaque on the side of St. John falling off the bridge, um, to assure that they would return to Prague. Um, they charged 50 hellers for the privilege, which at the time you'd have to have six tourists and that would make give you one beer. <laughs> okay. So um, if you, you had like four years at work and you got 24, 24 tourists to do it, you all got a beer at the end of the day. <laughs> which is interesting. So it seems it's, it was very much part of it. But then more recently, within the last sort of 10, 15 years, the plaque on the left-hand side has also been rubbed. This is of a dog. <laughs> and there is no legitimate reason as to why this has happened. A lot of people think what is going on is that when tourist groups arrive at the statue for the little tour, if it's a large group, the leader of the group will separate them and the one half will go to one side of the statue and the other half will go to the I other see. side of the statue. This one actually looks like the dog is glowing. Like, this one looks nice. Yeah. But, like, it looks like it's meant to be like that. So, uh, the only, the literally the only reason that I could find was people were like, the dog's cute. <laughs> yeah, this is so bizarre, this whole thing. The whole thing is very strange, right? But it's definitely a tourism thing, so I wonder if it's, like, just a tourist thing in general, or if it's a specific country, or a specific, like, region is like, this is a thing we do. Yeah. What do you think? I'm just, I'm just thinking it's generally a rise of tourism. Yeah. Which has made it spread across Europe, but I'm I'm wondering if your point's right there that it's starting in one place and then when these these tourists have travelled, it's become a thing. Yeah, in other yeah, countries. Then, uh, yeah, then it's just become a thing. Yeah. yeah. So this I've just read I've just read as well. This statue was installed in the sixties. This one, but it starts so it's ni- very specifically okay, okay, nineteen eighty nine. So it seems that's a really good date to sort of mark everything else on. It's that just we've so looked weird. at. Like I always, cause like you see that this with statues like all over the world, and I always just thought that was like a thing for like that's always been a thing. Mm. No, <laughs> <laughs> basically no. Yeah, that no. that's that's all I have had written down. That's well, my I whole. That that was interesting. Yeah, what are you, are you got any final thoughts for me? Um, not really. I enjoyed that though. Oh, I'm glad. Okay, that's something Good. you actually had some interest in, which was yeah, nice. Yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. I think it's just like, statues in general are just interesting. Yeah. Like, it's just a weird thing. I think I think it's really strange that, especially human, human is such a new statue that I didn't, I've grown up with that being there, because it was only installed in 1997, so it was a year yeah. after I was born. So I've always but just it's also seen like, it. A lot of people aren't like superstitious, so like, don't, wouldn't, don't believe in luck. So then people just, it's just weird that it's a thing people do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, I, I, it's, it seems to break through a lot of that. Yeah, maybe it's just people are on holiday and they're like, oh, well, I'm on holiday. I might as well. <laughs> God, I don't think there must be like, oh, join in with the local tradition. Yeah, I bet I see more statues now that have like gold. Yeah, gold do, bits. do you notice and, yeah. Send you photos of them. Please do, because I'm so weird at that. I love the fact that the whole Juliet's is, is bullshit. Like, this I think that's so like, fab. This is so like Lizzie's like art practice. <laughs> Thanks. Like, niche, niche <laughs> research things. But this is something I could spend months on because it's yeah, such oh, a 100%. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, I could spend two months researching this before I make anything about it. Like, it's just so. I would. This is something because you you brought up a lot of things that are now I'm like, oh, we should maybe look at Buddha's bellies and actually is this an Asian tradition that's come across like the dog statue thing that yeah. seems to come across Asia as well, 
Or is this is this people just just thinking, no, you know, that's a silly thing tourists would fall for in the eighties and it's all come from that one story in Prague. Like I don't it's um I don't know. If you do know. You can write Oh, if you do know, please leave a comment. Yeah, let us oh, know. Let us know. <laughs> SoundCloud does have a comment option. You can yeah. you can comment a time code on SoundCloud, which I think is quite cool. What do oh, so you can like say like at this point you said this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do it like, you can see that or um what's next? so it's, it's the same way you'll see if you listen to a song on SoundCloud, as you're listening different comments will pop up for each oh. time as you hit different time codes. Which is nice, I think. Um it just tells you because if you're listening to a song or listen to a podcast <laughs> um and you type in the comment as you're listening, it'll come up with the the time oh, you were listening okay. at that you typed the comment. Oh. Which I think is quite nice. I'm very new to like this kind of technology. Lizzie is the editor. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie is the editor. Like, Let's do a podcast and can you edit it? Can you do the techie stuff, please? Can- <laughs> <laughs> cool story, hun. Hey. I'm sorry. Appreciate it, mate. No problem. Hey. Uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah, see you later. Thank you for all your support, and we'll be here next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yay.